Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sanders Facts. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the Xander Specs Podcast. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander. We are not doing a new episode of the Xander Specs Podcast this week. No one cares. Taking a week off, but we are having a Xander's Fact flashback this week, which you will not want to miss. We are going back to episode 18, October, of the Xander Specs Podcast for a little chat about voting rights in this country. You will not want to miss that, so stay tuned here on this edition, this bonus episode. Xander's Fact Flashback. But remember, if you like the Xander's Facts Podcast, if you think you're going to like the facts, then remember to follow the podcast, download this episode, rate the podcast, review the podcast, go on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Xander's Facts, that's Xander with A-Z, and most importantly, tell all your friends, spread the facts, even though there's no new Xander's Facts this week, you might still be learning some facts. So there you go, Xander's Facts Podcast. And remember, we do have new editions of Xander's Weekend Facts, our weekly newsletter that comes out Sunday mornings. Still doing that, so check that out. So we are talking voting rights, the attack on voting rights in this country from back in June. This is the Xander's Facts segment we did, which I thought you all might like to hear again. Or if you haven't heard it for the first time, you need to listen to it. So here we go, Xander's Fact Flashback. Sanders Facts. You might have heard about what happened last week, last weekend, in Texas. Gave a little spoiler. You probably heard. If you haven't, though, something interesting happened. Sunday night at the Texas State Capitol. So, the Texas House, which is part of their legislature, as we know, was prepared on Sunday night to vote on Senate Bill 7. What is Senate Bill 7? Slow down, buddy. Well, that is a bill that would enable voting restrictions. We t- we heard about the ones in Georgia and Florida and all those. They're trying to pass a similar one in Texas. They were trying to. However, there was a deadline for legislators to get all bills in by midnight on Sunday night, Monday morning, to- so the governor could sign them at the end of the legislative session. Well, with about an hour left until the deadline, it was like 11 o'clock, the house, all the Democrats in the House, they started texting each other. They were like, we're going to do a walkout, but we need to do it discreetly so they don't catch us. So all the Democrats in the House started exiting the building very discreetly so that no one would get them. No one would find them, and no one found them. It was hilarious. They staged a walkout, and they prevented the legislature from forming a quorum and being able to have a vote on the bill because they needed a certain number of members in the chamber to be able to vote on the bill on the floor. And they weren't able to because all the Democrats left. So it did not pass. Nothing has, or it didn't, they didn't even vote on it. So you're like, what's so bad about Senate Bill 7? Let's talk about it. Let's do a deep dive, Xander's Facts Politics Deep Dive. What is included in Senate Bill 7? Listen up! Shout out Texas Tribune. I got a lot of information from the Texas Tribune here for the steep dive. So, Senate Bill 7, similarly to that Georgia bill that we were talking about and we're going to get to, big stuff, 
This bill cuts back on early voting hours in Texas. It sets up a window between 6 a.m. and 9 p.m. in the last week of early voting on weekdays. However, so this limits what counties can do because Harris County in Texas, which is the largest county in Texas, it's the home of Houston, that's where Houston is, it used 24-hour voting last year, so you could vote whenever you wanted, and they plan to use it in the future. But with this bill, they can't do that. And other counties used to remain open for early voting until 10 p.m. Can't do that anymore because of this bill. It also limits early voting on Sundays from 1 to 9 p.m. It bans drive through voting where you vote without even leaving your car, which, you know, worked for a lot of people with disabilities. Pretty easy to vote. It also bans ballot drop boxes. Remember, we could just go slot it in somewhere. Your mail-in vote. It bans those. We were talking about... It had one of those per county, and there's over 2 million people in Harris County, so there was one ballot box. Now there's going to be zero. You know, how about that? Huh. Not good stuff, Xander's facts. It also makes it a felony for local officials to send mail-in ballot applications to voters who did not request them. Universal mail-in voting. That's what states like California and Washington, and maybe Oregon do. I know Oregon does it, yeah. You know, those West Coast states do that. They send mail-in ballots to everybody, all the registered voters. Harris County, which we said earlier, sent applications to all of its 2.4 million registered voters last year. Vote right there. Send it back in the mail or go to a Dropbox. And a lot of counties sent applications to voters who are 65 and older. But now they can't do that because I don't know why. The state government doesn't want them to. We're going to get to that. It also prohibits specific counties from using public funds to facilitate unsolicited distribution of ballot applications by third parties. What does that mean? What does this mean? Local groups like get out the vote groups. They sent out ballot. They were able to send out ballot applications from because they got ballot applications from the counties so they could send out to register voters. Now they can't do that because, I don't know. Voters also must provide their driver's license number or the last four digits of their social security number when requesting a mail-in ballot, and they must also provide that information when they return those envelopes containing their ballots. So you got to make sure it's you, please. It also limits those who qualify for a mail-in ballot based on a disability. So in Virginia last year, and now going forward, you can, you can request a mail-in ballot for any... You, you don't need a reason, because why do you? In Texas, you're going to have to have a reason, and now they're limiting the reasons you can have. So it requires voters to be certain, certain that they will not be capable of voting in person based on their condition from either illness, injury, medical confinement, ordered by a medical professional, or mental or physical disability, if you have one of those. In Virginia, I could just say, I want one. And I fill out the information, and they'll give it to me. That's what I did for the primary, which is next week. Oh, how about that? See, it? there's a Virginia... I, for, I totally forgot about that. There's a democratic primary in virginia last week they're not doing the convention like the republicans did where only a couple thousand people across the state could vote because i think they were scared of trump and heels winning but the democrats are letting everyone vote so 
you know. How about that? There's a little difference there. The bill also allows partisan poll watchers, partisan, I'm a Republican poll watcher, to be near enough to see or hear election activity and allows them free movement within a polling place except for voting stations when ballots are being filled out. So they can go anywhere. I love Trump. Oh, hey, who are you voting for? They can do that. In Texas, you probably bring your guns to a polling place too in Texas knowing them. Shoot everybody. These are not Sanders' facts. The bill also requires the Texas Secretary of State to monitor county voter rolls to ensure that the number of registered voters is not equal to or greater than the number of people who would be eligible to register. Makes sense, right? However, this is being complicated because there is a lack of real-time data on the number of people eligible to register because it changes every day. People move. They turn 18. They naturalize. They become citizens. That's changing. And we don't have, and in Texas at least, and probably everywhere, they don't have real-time data, so you might get more registered voters than what your role says because your role is outdated. Then it causes chaos. The bill, last thing, the bill also imposes a $1,000 fine each day on local election officials who do not update their voter rolls in a prescribed manner. They have to do it specifically to what the state says. And it imposes criminal penalties on election workers who obstruct poll watchers. So now... We can get all the Trumpies in there saying, I'm a poll watcher. Get out of my way. In Texas, you can. That's what's in Senate Bill 7. Too many facts. Now, it's not as egregious as that Georgia bill. Or what they, because the House and the Senate in Texas actually came together over the last week behind closed doors and negotiated that bill. And apparently there was some crazy stuff that they left out. So this could have been worse. But it's, Still pretty bad. So, you know, it's bad because they don't have any justification for this. Well, they have poor justification. So, they say, here's what they say. There's a House representative named Briscoe Kane who introduced the bill in the House. And he was in the House, was on the House floor taking questions, and he struggled to provide justification for why the bill was being introduced. Several, almost all of the Republicans have acknowledged that there were no major incidents during the 2020 election. We went over this months ago. There was nothing. Fact. And if there was, wouldn't you see it by now? Wouldn't we hear about it? No, there wasn't. Actually, there was something. Apparently, these people were trying, were using their grandma's names and voting for Trump. So there you go. There was like two of them. And they're in jail. <laughs> there you go said the republicans are arguing that the bill is not about the 2020 election and the big lie that's what they call it the big lie because it is a lie that's being perpetuated by our boy oh our boy he made an appearance donny boy which we all know is not true if you follow the facts on this podcast you know it's not true instead they say it's about election integrity and standardizing elections throughout the state. Well, that doesn't make any sense because apparently nothing went wrong. And you're going to acknowledge nothing went wrong, especially in the state of Texas where nothing went wrong. Huh. And Trump won! He won in Texas. And the uh, Cornyn, the senator. But no. They, well, actually, the 2020 election was the closest a Democrat had gotten to winning in Texas for president since... 
1976, I think, is when Jimmy Carter won Texas. You know, they're kind of scared now because they're losing voters. So what happens next? Well, oh, we brought him up. Greg Abbott. Remember him? The governor. We called him a loony boy. Well, there's going to be a special session coming up that the bill's most likely going to pass. But the governor has threatened to veto Article 10 of the state budget. Now, what is Article 10? Article 10 funds the legislative branch, which, so if he withheld, if he vetoed Article 10, that would withhold pay from all the members of the Texas legislature. All of them. Republicans, too. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me, because he can't do the line item veto. That's not, that's not a law. He'd have to veto the whole thing. So how would Republicans like that? Because now they're not getting any money, too. And that's the only reason they're in this, is for the power and the money. Like, I mean, come on. It's a fact. So, I don't think that's going to work out too well. We're going to see, though. Because Texas is an interesting case. Because it's the largest state that this is happening in now. Because it's happening in other states, too. So this is according to the Brennan Center and CNN. There have been 14 states that have enacted restrictive voting bills. We all know about Georgia, Florida, DeSantis, Ronnie. Terrible. But did you know that they have also passed these bills in Montana, Indiana, Utah, Kentucky, oh, Arkansas, Wyoming, Oklahoma, Idaho, Kansas, Alabama, and Arizona. That's 14 states. Texas wasn't even on there. Texas would be 15. 14 states where these people have been brainwashed or they just want to hold on to power for as long as they can so they're going to restrict people from voting. Like Rick, we talked about it. Remember Georgia's bill that they passed back in March. This is what they, Georgia's bill created this domino effect. It was probably the worst one of all because the Georgia bill cut down early voting hours. It criminalized the passing out of food or drinks to voters in line. Like, what in the world? Why would you do this to me? It required election officials to count ballots nonstop after the polls closed. You gotta do it now. It shrunk the absentee ballot request window. It shrunk the nine-week runoff period to four weeks. Oh, because remember that? The runoff for the Senate. The Senate <laughs> control the Senate was on the line. In Georgia, and they had those two runoffs, and Democrats hadn't won statewide elections in Georgia since, federal statewide elections in Georgia since 1992, or 96, and Trump goes down there, he says, you gotta vote for these guys, even though he lost, and they both lose, so then Democrats take the Senate. So now they're limiting, because it was a nine-week runoff period, now it's gonna be four weeks. They're also limiting mobile polls, such as mobile voting buses, to emergency use only, because in Atlanta... They use these buses as mobile voting stations to bring the polls to people. How about that? But now you can't do that anymore. And among other things, like there's tons of stuff we didn't even get to. Like in the Texas bill, there's probably other things that they have too, which are probably bad. So in total, how about this? Here comes a fact. In 48 state legislatures, 48 states, there have been restrictive voting bills that have been introduced. Like, they haven't passed because sensible people, but they have been introduced in 48 states, with the exceptions of Delaware and Vermont. So, what's going on here? Who is behind these bills? Because it's getting wild, and it's getting undemocratic, and we all know that, 
But who is supporting these people? Well, we know. Who? It's our boy DB. But there's another group that you may have heard of that is very eager to enact these reforms to our elections. Ever heard of this? The Heritage Foundation. Oh, I know. Gasps. The Heritage Foundation's Heritage Action has led the charge across the country to undermine our democracy. Whoa. Oh, I got something big for you here. So in, this was from the Heritage Foundation's 2021 Leadership Conference in a leaked video. It got leaked. We found it. The executive director of the Heritage Action, Jessica Anderson, just told very wealthy donors there that the work they're doing will, quote, right the wrongs of November, unquote. Well, what, what went wrong in November? Oh, I don't know. And Anderson also said that the foundation wrote 19 provisions for the bill in Texas and promised those donors that the Texas governor would quickly sign that bill. And she made these statements a month before the bill was introduced in the House. Like, this bill was introduced a while ago. And she made these statements way earlier in the year. So they, they're behind this. But they've been doing this for years, man. They have been working Heritage Foundation. Remember that. They've been working behind the scenes since 1973 is when they were created. And they, they were especially emboldened by the Supreme Court ruling on Citizens United in 2010. That unleashed all this dark money into our elections. And, of course, a few years ago, the Supreme Court got the Voting Rights Act because John Roberts said, Racism isn't a thing anymore. So, there you go. And in 1980, oh my gosh, the co-founder of the Heritage Foundation, Paul Weyrich, said, quote, I don't want everybody to vote, unquote. That's what they're saying. Maybe some people should vote. Maybe some people shouldn't be office. Tommy Tuberville doesn't know the three branches of government. Like, seriously. That's <laughs> the executive, the Senate, and the House. That's what he said. Yikes. Washington Post article. Go look it up. That's Ivy. <laughs> I don't want everyone to vote. Huh. That sounds very democratic, don't you think? Sanders facts. You're spreading lies. So, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Because our democracy is in trouble. We all know it. So, they're trying to take these bills to court. You know, progressive groups. But I don't know, because the Supreme Court being the way it is, I mean, okay, you've got Handmaid's Tale Girl, and if you don't know what that is, look it up. And you've got the guy who really likes beer. I, and then you've got a guy who doesn't think racism is prevalent anymore. I, who knows? So the probably the best chance we've got is passing through Congress. And seeing how things have gone in these last few months, that doesn't look like a big chance. There's, there's a pl plenty of obstacles in the Senate. So the bill that... The bill that they Democrats have proposed, which has passed the House, is the For the People Act, or Senate Bill 1, which you may have, actually, they have commercials for it on TV. Like, if you watch cable news or something, you'll see a commercial about it. This is the bill that would expand voting rights, universal mail-in voting for everybody, drop boxes everywhere, voting rights, early voting, all that stuff. Plus, I think it wants to put D.C. as a state. The four, the P, it's a huge bill, which we'll actually go into on another week. We'll go in depth because it's got a ton of stuff in there. Plus, it would negate all these voting rights laws from the states because top federal, bottom state. That's how it works. 
That's a fact! In the United States. The Constitution, if, if you want to fight me on that, Zener's facts. So this, this bill would be the largest expansion of voter rights that we've seen since the Voting Rights Act of 1965, which was put in place by our guy, President Lyndon B. Johnson, OBJ. How about that? However... How about that? Probably not going to happen. Oh, why? Because there's something called... In the Senate, there's something called a filibuster. The filibuster requires there to be 60 votes needed to pass a bill in the Senate. Actually, you only need 51 votes to pass a bill in the Senate. But to advance debate on a bill on the floor, you need 60 votes. That's the filibuster. And there are two senators who have a love affair, so to speak, with the filibuster. Their names, we all know them, our boy Joey Boy, Manchin, Joe Manchin from West Virginia, Kristen Cinema from Arizona. It doesn't look like the filibuster's going anywhere. Even after what happened last week, the bipartisan January 6th commission, a 9-11 style commission to actually f- discover what happened on January 6th. And the Republicans said no. So then we didn't get it because we didn't have 60 votes, but we had like 55 but Jim Manchin said, eh, I don't think so. Even though he, he said, he, you know, called out all the people who didn't vote for the bill and said, you are evil anti-American. And yet, you're not going to do anything about it. Joey B. Joey M. Manchin from West Virginia. Oh, people have gotten angry at him. They say, he should be a Republican. He ain't no Republican. He's a Democrat, though. Goodbye. But he comes from West Virginia. So he's got, yeah, West Virginia, one of the most conservative states in the country, because the Republicans keep promising them that coal's going to come back. Coal ain't coming back, and they don't have any education, so, you know, issues there. But, I mean, the filibuster. Fight me. Big issue. Plus, Manchin actually said the bill is too broad and partisan. Even though he has, he himself has endorsed plenty of their proposals that are in the bill in the past. He says it's too broad, too partisan. He keeps wanting... Bipartisanship. And now I got to rail about the filibuster because Manchin continually claims he does not support weakening or removing the filibuster because we need to give the minority a say. We can't just let the majority jam through all the stuff. And it's what it protects what the founders intended for the Senate to be. Both wrong. Liar! First off, why should the minority be given such a high power that allows them to stop any advancement of legislation by the majority simply by saying these two words or even proxying them? I don't know what a proxy is. Or emailing. The two words, I filibuster. It used to be you had to go up and talk for 10 hours in front of the Senate to filibuster. Now you can just say, I filibuster, and they don't move on that bill for the day. And then you go to the next day and they say, I filibuster again. And you could do that for years. Years and years and years and years and years. And that's what they're going to do. That's what they just did. Slow down, buddy. And what they're going to try to do with all the other stuff that their Democrats are trying to pass, which they're not going to be able to because they only have 50 votes. If all the Democrats voted for the fil- to get rid of the filibuster or weaken it, they'd probably be able to pass the stuff. Apparently that's not going to happen. So this minority-majority thing, why should the minority be in power? Let's do some simple math here. Actually, morning, morning. It's, well, I like doing it. 
But let's do some math here. Let's combine the vote totals for the last three election cycles where Senate seats have been on the ballot. So since an election cycles every two years and senators hold their seats for six years, that makes sense, right? So the 2016, the 2018, the 2020 elections, let's count up how many votes the parties got in Senate races. Sanders facts. So in 2016, Democrats got 51,315,969 votes, 53%. Compared to Republicans who got 40,841,717 votes, 42%. Yeah, and Trump won that year apparently. Electoral College. 2018, Democrats got 52,224,867 votes, 58% of the vote. Compared to Republicans who got 34 million. 687,875 votes, 39% of the vote. And the Republicans still held control of the Senate that year. And in 2020, Republicans got 39,834,647 votes, 49%, compared to the Democrats, who actually only got 38,011,916 votes and 47% of the vote. Now, this could be easily explained because... Three of the four largest states in the country by population didn't have an Senate election. The only one was Texas. I mean, Texas, come on. Cornyn won by 10 points. So let's add those up. Quick facts! In that span, Democrats received 141,552,752 Senate votes. They got 55% of the vote. Spoiler. Republicans in that same span got 115,364,239 votes. Yep. And yet we still think the Republicans should have a say when they're in the minority and their base continues to shrink. I'll get to that. Second off, the filibuster was created in 1806. This was not the creation of the founders. This was Vice President Aaron Burr, uh, Hamilton, advocating for it. And it was a mistake, too, that they did this. They removed from the Senate rules a provision that allowed a simple majority to force a vote on an underlying question being debated. And it was actually, they only enacted the 60-vote filibuster back in the 1970s, I believe. Before that, it was two-thirds. So it was 66 votes for a while there, once we got 50 states. And throughout its history, the filibuster has been used to block major civil rights legislation and also the admitting of states how about this did you know this here it comes the admitting of california was filibustered in 1850 they got it through you know and kansas was filibustered in 1857 oh they filibustered kansas hey they got it through kansas apparently took a while that was a whole war thing that they had to go through in kansas so and after the civil war civil rights bills deploying federal troops in southern states, and repaying income taxes in the South, those were all blocked by the filibuster. And it was Democrats, too, because Democrats were the southern party of slavery and racism back then, was what the Democrats were. And also, in the 1900s, anti-lynching bills in 1922 and 1935, those were filibustered. Those stuff we're still trying to pass today anti-lynching bills. In fact, the civil rights legislation that was meant to pass in the 1800s was not passed until the 1950s or 60s because of the filibuster. 
In fact, the Civil Rights Act of 1965 was almost blocked by the filibuster. It only got 71 votes. It needed 66 or 67. It only got 71 because they got 27 Republicans. That's when they switched and Republicans became the segregationist racist party. And that almost got blocked. It just makes you think, what would the early 1900s, late 1800s in this country have looked like if we were able to pass civil rights legislation back after the Civil War that allowed for equal rights regardless of your skin color? But we didn't have those until the 1950s because of the filibuster. I know. That's a big fact. So I don't understand this because Jim Manchin, our boy, is also trying to revive. He says the filibuster revives bipartisanship as we keep the filibuster in place. That doesn't make any sense. The Republicans just blocked the January 6th commission. They don't care. Mitch McConnell said, I'm going to make Barack Obama one-term president. I'm going to stop Joe Biden's legislative priorities. He doesn't care. They don't care. All they want is to be in power. And when they're not in power, they're just going to obstruct. Because Joe Manchin and the filibuster lets them. Sanders facts. Sanders facts! Where does that leave us? There's your filibuster rant. So without a filibuster breaking majority, I don't see it. I I don't think there's any chance... There, well, there is no chance for expansive voting rights to pass through Congress because you could even get a Murkowski, a Lisa Murkowski or a Susan Collins to vote for it, and it wouldn't matter because you need 60 votes. You couldn't even get 10 Republicans to vote for that commission. Like a bunch of them are complaining that it was Antifa now. Well, wouldn't you like to find out if it was Antifa, you know, through the commission? Oh, <laughs> they got, they, you know, they were like, oh, oh <laughs> they got scared. <laughs> I, I guess not. So unless the Texas Democrats can find a way to stop the passing of Senate Bill 7, and I don't know, that was pretty creative, that walkout. I mean, that was, yeah, I got, you know, that was pretty cool. So maybe they'll find something, I don't know, but it looks like it's going to become law because Greg Abbott is horrible. In the end, I mean, in the end, we've got to do something about these laws because they disincentivize voting, they make it harder to vote early, they limit hours the polls, o- polls are open, and they make it easier for election results to be overturned, which they wanted to do this year. And there's a bunch of people, like in Georgia, legislators who are running for the Secretary of State's office who wanted to overturn the results of the election because their boy didn't win. Because they are whiny. And all they want is power. And they want Donnie Boy because they think it's going to give him power. Even though, you know, the Republic... God, it doesn't make any sense. The Republicans became the first party since the ninth since the 1930s. Hubert Hoover, the 20s and 30s, to lose the House, the Senate, and the White House in four years. They had them in 2016. They were gone in 2020. This makes absolutely no sense. First party in 80, 90 years. So I don't understand. I mean, these laws are a threat to undermine our democracy. They limit who can vote. What did I say that guy? I don't even remember his name. The Heritage Foundation founder. What did I say he said? I don't want everyone to vote. And mainly minorities. They don't want minorities to vote. It's all part. It's all a part. Sanders facts. If you take anything away from this podcast, listen to this. It's all a part 
of the plan by Republicans to keep a hold of power as long as they can without changing their positions by moving farther to the right when the country is moving to the left and the center, even as their base of supporters continues to shrink, this is their last chance grasp at power the way they are currently structured. And apparently, it's working. And in 2024, when the election results come in, and a Democrats won the state of Georgia or Texas, the apparently the legislators can just say, no, 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 you didn't, and they flip it. They are trying to disincentivize voting because they don't want your vote to matter. First off, the Electoral College doesn't make your vote matter very much. I got to do a whole podcast on the Electoral College, too. We've got a ton of podcasts to get to. What a somber note to end this podcast. But it's true! Like, that's all they're doing it for. I don't know. That's it. Sanders Facts is done. Episode 18. Thank you all for listening. Sorry to end on a on a somber, angry note. But it's true. That's what's happening. And they're just letting him get away with it. Like, seriously. The Democrats in Congress need to, like, build a backbone. One party is anti-democratic right now. They want it to be so that Democrats could get 70% of the vote and they would still be in power. Like, that's what they want. Because they don't want to stop being racist. Or white supremacist. Or Mitch McConnell. Mr. Turtle. He doesn't want to leave his shell. I don't know. That's it. Sanders Facts. Episode 18. Sanders Facts. And there you have it. There is your Sanders Facts flashback for Wednesday, March 30th. Thank you all for listening. And remember, if you liked all the facts in that segment of the Sanders Facts podcast, remember to click the follow button on this podcast, download this episode and every episode of the podcast, rate the podcast, review the podcast, go on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Xander's Facts, that's Xander with a Z. And most importantly, tell all your friends, spread the facts, Xander's Facts podcast. And just one more thing before we go, U.S. World Cup qualifiers for soccer begin Thursday. They resume on Thursday against Mexico, Sunday against Panama, and next Wednesday against Costa Rica. Three big games for the U.S. Watch the games. That is it. That is a wrap on this edition of the Xander's Facts podcast. Thank you all for listening. And we'll be back with a brand new episode next week.